welcome to the second episode of our beautiful podcast, yet another shitty podcast. And of course, I'm joined by Ali, my hello fellow this podcaster. Is f- this is the first official podcast to be recorded lying down. Uh, even that, I'm not sure this is the first official podcast to be made we are the ones that down. are admitting it we are the ones well, that are admitting it <laughs> probably one of the few ones that are admitting it because there are like millions of podcasts out there and uh probably yeah, a lot of yeah. them have not been even heard by more than like 10 people so yeah they are not including ours yeah so like imagine some there's i can only imagine that there's a podcast that there are like 10 people lying down and talking and they're talking about secrets of the universe that if anyone knew would become like invincible but since no one is listening yeah yeah that's the tragic part (laughs) yeah okay um today we're going to have a guest for our second part, which is going to be yes. the video game Cophead. But as for the first what part, first it's going part? Yeah. It's going to be us. And I'm sorry if I sound a little distracted, but my cat is, you know, just like walking in my room, aimlessly wandering in the room, and I'm just anticipating a vocal attack from him at any moment. So well, that's the price you pay for having cats. And not even the uh, musical kind. The better kind. There are no <laughs> musical cats. There are. Have you seen cats? No, <laughs> no and I'm not planning on doing it either. Uh, well, you should. <laughs> okay, so let's start talking about FS4 Family. About I think first... you're... Yeah, yes, but F you're the more knowledgeable the... person in this area, so you go give a brief, you know, <laughs> introduction. Yep. I but... I recently watched the whole show. I've heard about it from you, but I haven't watched it until very recently. It's developed and created by Bill Burr, the angry Boston comedian, and. That's the whole thing. The style is very much like Paradise PD and Big Mouth, the usual adult animated style. That uh, yeah, like is very common. Graphics are common. Yeah. Nothing, you know, too crazy or out there. It doesn't stand out. No, it doesn't stand out. The reason I'm saying Paradise PD is because the mouth movements are very much like that. They have a weird grossness oh. to them. I don't know how <laughs> to explain it. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it has Nasty three seasons. Type of speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the teeth and the gums, and it's just weird. <laughs> oh, I think Bill Burr was aiming to, you know, create a little discomfort for the viewer in every aspect visually you know acoustically in every department (laughs) he has tried to make you feel uncomfortable another thing i wanted to mention another thing i wanted to mention was 
unlike Solar Opposites, that was clearly based on Simpsons. F is for uh-huh. Family, I think it's based on King of the Hill. Uh, yeah, or maybe even at some points, uh, what's, what's the, the TV show that has Archie in it, if I'm not mistaken? Um, it's a very old TV show and uh, South Park creators have cited it as one of the inspirations. In fact, Eric Cartman is trying to be the, the guy oh, Archie. All in the family. Oh yeah, All, all in, in the, the family. family. And the, the names are kind of similar. So I think it's yeah. taking bits the family from is, that is too. It's an actual uh, 70s sitcom. Yeah, it so that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's that's yeah. been a major influence also. And especially the racism part. <laughs> Oh, the racism is out there, but <laughs> it's it's set in the seventies, which is weird. And not a lot of TV shows nowadays are set in the seventies. Yeah, and uh... it's the turn of the modern era. And Bilbo plays this angry father of a family called Frank Murphy. He has a wife, if I remember the name correctly, is Sue. Yeah. I think it's short and for Susan, but I'm not sure. I think so. There is the oldest son, Kevin, then yep. the younger son, Bill, which I think is supposed to be Bilbo himself because Ginger... Uh, yeah, he and... has actually said it in interviews. It's not an exact replica of him, but in many ways it's supposed to be him. Yeah, and uh, then the young girl, which I'm going to feel like an asshole if I don't remember her name, but Maureen, I think. I think so too, and uh, the <laughs> listeners should know that I'm terrible with names. Uh, I yeah, mean, I, I, I think I'm... in the previous episode, I just showed an instance of it <laughs> by not remembering the name of any of the guys from a show that I had watched like 30 minutes before you started recording. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, was... I, I usually remember them by the name of the voice actor, which is Bilbo is Frank and Sue is Lava Dern, which is uh-huh. weird because when I think of voice actors, I don't think of Lava Dern or Bilbo, but they've done an exceptional job, and I mean exceptional. The thing about Bill Burr is that is he's not a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've seen him in Mandalorian, we've seen him <laughs> yeah. in Stand Up Guys, and he's not a good actor, but here, I don't know how to some magic. I don't even recognize his voice. Well, I do recognize his voice, and uh, but yeah, he's doing a really good job. Maybe he's you know stage shy, and when there are no cameras aiming at him, he can do a better job. I don't know, but the thing is, I don't think I'm listening to Bill Burr. I'm listening to Frank Murphy. Psychoanalytically speaking. <laughs> You are listening to his father in a way, which is supposed to be yeah, Frank yeah. Murphy. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is that, I mean, 
from my summer uh, from my short uh, summary of the show you may have think that it's a sitcom it's a sitcom but not in the way you think yeah it's not situational comedy as in there's Story, different stories for each episode and they're not related or they don't they don't you know have a causality to the other events that are, that you're going to do see you know in the following episodes it has a lot of character arcs it has yeah weird amounts of character development for the animated show created by bill burr and <laughs> yeah it's weird I really didn't think I was going to like it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I could only imagine. I mean, I like Bill Burr, but when you think Bill Burr is doing an animated show, my mind went straight to Big Mouth or something like that, that is jokes and jokes and jokes. Stacked on top sort of each other like an, without any cohesion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort of like an animated version of Seinfeld. Uh huh. But it's not like that. It's a very grounded story with very believable characters. I mean. Yeah, you really get engaged in the story of each character. And this is including characters that are like luggage carriers in a, you know, really grade C type of, you know, uh, company, air travel company. Yeah, the uh, Jew neighbor who saw World War II. Ah, yeah. And, and, you know, the the conspiracy (laughs) theories that the kids used to have. I mean, the kids have a really vivid and just wonderful minds, but in some ways they're horrifying and, you know, a state of of terror. one of the best jokes, which makes me a bad person for laughing so hard at it, but it's in the earlier episodes, they see the number on his yeah, and hand, <laughs> and they say it's the number of kids he killed. Yeah, and <laughs> at first I for thought our he's... Viewers, if you don't, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, uh, when you go to Auschwitz and you were <laughs> given a number... Yeah, like a barcode. Yeah, they would tattoo it on your hand. And it's one of the darkest humor things that I loved. And I laughed so hard at it. (laughs) And at first, I thought this character is just going to be some, some character that exists because he's there to, you know, uh, make the children have a bad life playing around him but he's actually a very nice guy and and as the show progresses you know he shows many different sides of himself and we're not going to spoil it but there are many many colorful characters yeah and they get you know connected to each other in very weird and sometimes hilarious but very wrong ways (laughs) i think you're talking about the pervert neighbor goomer i'm talking about all of them but goomer is not just perverts he's just he's the face of the craziness of the 70s he's just there to yeah to give you the crazy fm radio djs 
you know, MCs and just oh, no, the whole. No, 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 not him. You, you... Which one was it? That's weak. Uh, ah, talking yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Goomer, the, the, the guy that is addict. definitely a King of the Hill kind of guy. Yeah. The, uh, oh, that yeah. Was, yeah. That... He's definitely from the King of the Hill universe. And I'm sorry again. And, yeah. Names, not my area. No, no, of the, the one you're talking about is weak and it's voiced yeah. by Sam Rockwell. And yeah, yeah. he is the face of the 70s. It's how we as a society, I think, look back at 70s and think, well, there were a bunch of drugged up uh, maniacs <laughs> who were into new religions Weird. and this new thing called meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And they were loaded. Again, uh, somewhat like Brazil, which. Jack Lind is there to remind us what Sam Larry isn't. In Effies for Family, Vicky is there to remind us what Frank isn't. <laughs> yeah, and and the extremely funny thing to me is that this small neighborhood, this small community, we have people of very different backgrounds and very different you know, uh, class status. I don't know what to say. I mean, Frank is not doing really good, but this other DJ yeah. guy, he's loaded. And I don't know why even he is there. Why does he live there? Probably because it's... It's a weird thing. I've heard it a lot uh, from older people on YouTube that apparently housing in the 70s was a lot cheaper uh -huh. so it's possible that someone like Frank with a moderate income have a big house like someone like Rick probably but I don't loaded. look at it through an econ economic lens I look at it through a psychological lens I think he's a really lonely guy and he well, knows he that I he mean, kinda needs supervision from other people to not yeah. kill himself inadvertently. I mean, not to spoil the story, but remember his girlfriend? Oh yeah. Just, he, his serious girlfriend who I'm sorry people, this is a minor spoiler, but his serious girlfriend fucks a fourteen year old boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's it's... talk a little about what this show, uh, what is valuable in this show and what makes it different in a good way from other shows. You know, try to deconstruct it in a way. Uh, yeah. I mean, the first of it, the first part of it is definitely character development for me. Yeah, I mean, there is great. a huge amount of character development for every minor character, for every major character. Frank isn't just the angry Irish guy that Bilbo is in his stand-ups. Yeah. He's weirdly deeper than that. Yeah, he, the character encompasses Bilbo himself. It, it defines... Yeah. Not define. it just gives the backstory of the angry guy we always see on stage. Yeah, and 
I mean, the show in the opening credits just tells you all you need to know about his life. He graduated high school. Yeah, that's a he great opening. Korea. Yeah, he went to the Korean War. And then his girlfriend got pregnant and he had to marry her. <laughs> yeah, and he, he was, you know, aiming high. He wanted to become a pilot. And yeah. he was doing the best he could. But then he knocked up a girl. And the girl, by the yeah. way, was going to college, you know, she had a bright future. And as we can see, she's a you know creative person. She can handle, yeah. you know, office jobs. She could have been much bigger. Yeah. The biggest uh, message of this show, I think, is that please, people, use condoms. <laughs> I don't think that's the biggest <laughs> message, but okay. Especially since one of the subplots is smoky puncturing uh, condoms yeah <laughs> remember that scene yeah it, but yeah, I wanted to say two. um <laughs> in some way this is like when you watch Breaking Bad in the first season you you know that uh the Heisenberg uh is uh, Walter like, White. Yeah, Walter White. Is you know, he had a lot of potential, but life, you know, burned him. And then he yeah. goes on to you know reach the place he deserves to be. In this show we have two of these people, both Sue and Frank are like yeah. that but the show just shows more realistically that they're never going to reach that place they're just <laughs> that's where they are and that's where they're going to be for the rest of their lives and what do they do in return frank uh crushes his son's dreams of becoming a rock star yeah because if i can't be a pilot who says you can be a rock star yeah, and in, in a very, you know, Freudian slip in, uh, in a part of the movie, he tells him you can never become a pilot. And he just realizes that he's talking to himself, not to his child. Yeah. Who is in some ways a big idiot, but a lovely idiot. I mean, uh, Kevin is it's, a lovely it's the character. 70s, uh, yeah, it's a 70s idiot. In the 70s, everybody thought we are going to become rock stars because, yeah. well, a lot of people from very low backgrounds became rock stars. Yeah, and, and you know, you can't blame them because... Uh, it, it's It's the 70s. <laughs> It's not that it's just the 70s. I mean, there were thousands of people that dreamed of becoming rock stars, and a few of them actually did. And if there weren't thousands of them, we wouldn't have the rock stars we have today. So that's yeah, life. Yeah. That's survival of the fittest. But, you know. Yeah. And, okay, I have a question. I know we are doing a bad thing of explaining the show, but you need to just give the show a watch. You're just. Yeah, we're not here it. to just, you know, introduce it and say yeah. what it is. We're just trying to say 
what layers there are to it and what it's trying to do and if it succeeds or fails at doing that. And I think but it's a one of pretty things, good show. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, it's a it's a very good show. But one of the things I was wondering, because I am a music noob, uh -huh. uh, was the band that Kevin really loved with the elves and all of that. Ah, uh, yeah. Was that's... it Led Zeppelin? Oh, no, no, that's not Led Zeppelin. There, the, Actually, I wrote something about these prog rock bands in the 70s and, you know, late 60s and up until 80s, mid-80s. There was this craze in prog rock bands and one of the greatest bands there was in you know con they were called concept albums so we have like 2112 by rush a canadian progressive rock band oh and it has like okay. a 20 minute track and uh, there were a lot of bands that were you know trying to bring fantasy and sci-fi stories to their lyrics like we had a crazy 70s board sort games like sci-fi movies sci-fi yeah, uh, shows David Bowie. yeah it was it was a an obsession yeah i know it was an obsession in every different facet of you know culture and society towards uh science fiction fantasy we had you know a sudden interest in books that you know like lord of the rings it's, i mean it was dnd came out in 70s dnd dnd yeah. came out in 70s yeah exactly dungeons and dragons yeah and uh, the movie the movie yeah, started the board games not the, <laughs> the role-playing board game so yeah that's yeah that's him i mean i thought it was led zeppelin because led zeppelin had a few songs that were taken from tolkien so <laughs> Yeah, of course, Led Zeppelin also was influenced, but I think they were just making fun of the whole, you know, prog rock concept okay. album thing and, of those and days. Who, who were the band that, you know, when they fire Kevin, they become a different kind of rock band? I think that's like a, a descent. <laughs> in his eyes into like glam rock hair rock kind of bands that just were overly sexualizing Talking about sex yeah. yeah you know the, I mean, the british band the british band was definitely clash right they were punk rock yeah they were, they were not you know it's just trying to be you know uh, the you know what song i mean they get lick my pickle <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> there are a lot of crazy songs like that i mean even led zeppelin in all its glory has like yeah. squeeze my lemon which is come on it's just <laughs> it's stupid to the bone yeah and talking of bones the opening credits is a song from the band red bone and i think yeah, they were native come americans and get your love. yeah and even that is just overly sexual the song, I think, is also the credit of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. Probably. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy has a lot of great 70s, 80s, 60s music, too. 
Carmine, get your love is definitely in. Uh, yeah, it's in Gordon's Galaxy Yeah, you're right. But yeah. I, I just wanted to make that connection because that's where I knew this song from. <laughs> uh huh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna go on to say that this show exhibits. It's a museum, a living museum of the seventies. You have smoking indoors. Yeah. And as you put it, this, let me ask you to say it again. Billboard wants to show that in the 70s you could do what? <laughs> <laughs> you could hit your children and smoke indoors. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you could be racist as the brand of a, the brand of an air travel company was racism. You know, this Native American. Yeah, Mohican airplanes. Yeah, it was just terrible. And which <laughs> I think is making fun of the, uh, what's the team that South Park makes fun of? Uh, Redskins. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I don't think they're trying to make fun of a particular thing if you look at the companies and the brandings of the 70s it's very commonplace and it's disturbing these days you're looking at them and you're like how the hell was something like that even legal let alone you know yeah common practice practice <laughs> yeah yeah i and, mean uh and there is this weird thing there's this tv show Court uh, Luger, yeah. which I think is making fun of Charles Branson. This part, um, it's your area. I don't know. Yeah, because a uh, Charles Branson was a huge star in the early seventies and the sixties. He was an action man, but uh-huh. from the late seventies and into the eighties, he became sort of like this old fat man. <laughs> it could have been John Wayne too, but yeah, and I mean, the lines, you know, the punch, the whole show. Yeah. It's like they had a few punchlines and they made the show around the punchlines. Yeah, which is which is not uncommon. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of seventy shows were like yeah, that. That's exactly the truth. A man got to do what a man does. <laughs> yeah, and Bill just. Uh, I said Bill, I meant Frank. Oh, interchangeable names. Yeah. <laughs> Frank loves the guy. I mean, you could yeah. be, you should be a true idiot <laughs> to love a show like that. I mean, and to be honest, look at it with such awe and excitement. Yeah. I want to talk about this too. I mean, for people in our time, 80s seems to be the golden era for some reason. People love 80s. Yeah. Even though I, I don't know why. I mean, why? Amongst but, the music fans, eighties is not that big a deal. I mean, eighties uh, was just this. I mean, you music, had electronic I, yeah, introduced I mean, electronica, yeah. But generally, yeah, I know. Fans. <laughs> yeah. For the seventies crowd, the golden era was the fifties. Yeah. And. I think it's the same way. You know, have you seen people defend Arnold Schwarzenegger? Thankfully, I have not. <laughs> they really love Arnold because uh-huh. they spend a lot. Long... about Silver Stallone? Yeah, yeah, or oh, Silver Stallone. That 
they they are not willing to accept that these action heroes of the past are now old fat men and and if you go back to the movies you enjoyed and loved as you know teenagers and children back then you're gonna be like is this acting in any way (laughs) yeah and it's the same thing for frank because if you notice i don't know if you did but in the flashbacks to the 50s there is a poster Uh on the wall of a movie and it stars rex harrison no not rex harrison the name they given the guy who played colt luger he's in a western yeah 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 so it's it's the same phenomena. I think what Wilbur at least trying to do was there is a lot of talk that people nowadays are very nostalgic about the past and it's a, it seems to be a thing of now. But Wilbur was yeah. like, no, it's not now. It, it happened then too, but now it's amplified. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, we are always nostalgic for the past. There are a lot of people in the 90s who were nostalgic for the 70s. Uh, yeah, for, and I mean, rightly like so. I mean, yeah. I mean, the 60s was a great time. And people in the 70s, as you once put it, were nostalgic about 10 years ago. That's not something you see today. You're not yeah. nostalgic about 2010. Yeah. You're like, I'm happy that the 2010 me is dead in history. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to see that asshole again. Yeah. I mean, the second half of 2010 has Donald Trump as president. <laughs> yeah, that's the least of the problems. I mean, I mean, yeah. and if, even if you go, you know, further back in 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. wasn't a very good time either. The only good thing to be nostalgic about the you know the new millennia is the advancements in video games. Other than that, in every every possible way, we have uh, regressed. (laughs) Humanity has regressed in every way, except for video games. They are. I mean, imagine the start of the new millennia was nine (laughs) eleven. Ah, off to a great start. And yeah. speaking of video games, I think we have talked enough about a peaceful family. A family. Let's just yeah. recap. You know, it's a great show, great uh, character. Highly recommended. Highly yeah, you recommended. Know, development. Yeah, and, and it's even if funny, you don't like, even if you don't like Bilbo, that's the thing because I liked Bilbo, so I went into it. Just liking Bilbo, Actually, but... I kind of disliked him, to be perfectly honest, before this show. I was like, why is this man always angry? But after the show, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. I realize why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, even I if you don't like Bilbo's comedy, definitely give this show a watch. Because it's not yeah. directly influenced. It's influenced, but it's not, it's not Seinfeld. It's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yeah, but let's move to our second part, yeah. which is uh, Cuphead, <laughs> and we're going to have a guest for this part. It's my close friend, long friend uh, from the days of university, uh, and I think it would be best if he introduced himself. 
Um, hi guys. Uh, so I'm Sohail. Um, I don't know what you mean, but long friend, but yeah, we know each other for a long time. Long time friend, <laughs> long term yeah. friend, long term relationship and friendship. Yeah. Not relationship. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, if it wasn't a relationship, how do you know he's a long friend? By long, I meant long time friend. I have difficulty speaking in a second language so yeah uh, yeah and he's a gamer like me uh, ali is kind of a gamer but he's a bigger cinephile than he's a gamer but yeah. me and Sohel we're big time gamers we're long gamers <laughs> yeah yeah and uh so but there's this one game that all three of us have played and i think uh, all three of us can agree that is one of the hardest games to have been released in yes. the past few years. Before we and start, before, yeah, before yeah. we start though, how long have you played? How many hours? Um, probably six hours. I'm not sure. Six, seven hours. And Sohail, how many hours have you played? Um, I'm not sure because it was a long time ago, like when it came out. But um, I haven't finished it, but I reached to the last island, like... The one before the big yeah, boss fight, like the two oh. I guess, yeah. I yeah, played it, has... it for half an hour. And then I yeah, uninstalled it. it. <laughs> hey, you got a taste. Like, you know how the game feels. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. how it feels. I got so angry at it that I, I only rage installed a few games and copied is the game that is good, that's a good game, but it frustrates you me rage to... installed or rage uninstalled? Because if oh, you sorry. rage installed a few games, I don't know what was the cause of that rage. <laughs> no, I rage <laughs> uninstalled the game. Uh, uh -huh. One was uh, Stronghold 3 and a Stronghold Crusader 2 because they were very shitty games. And the few were like <laughs> Cuphead that just made me so angry that i thought no i'm not i i don't want it on my you laptop live it <laughs> yeah You're furious yeah it it, is it's natural especially for hard. someone who is not a gamer i mean as a yeah. gamer i i you know there was this level that i played at least for like two, uh, you know an hour and i have played this game for seven hours in six hours i've done all the other levels but one particular level took me an hour to complete. And, and instead of getting, you know, angry, I was getting more motivated and I was trying to, you know, just adjust my moves and figure out what I'm supposed to do in this part, you know. And I have seen other people. I'm a sore loser. Uh, <laughs> and you know, no, it's not about being a sore loser. Uh, Go there's, on, there's one thing that like uh, you know when you die there's a uh, like there's a flag saying like how much you went through the level oh, and like that one God. sometimes yeah, yeah. like you see it's so close to the end and like oh, <laughs> that motivates yeah, you to yeah. go more like i think that's really yeah, clever that's to put a great it there technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, i i played most of the game uh, with my sister and she's not a classic gamer but since our early childhood playing Sega Genesis, you know, Sonic and games like that. We used to play split screen and, you know, the, the yeah. multi-co-op, let's say co-op 
And it was a really, really good experience to feel like you were like six, five years old again. And if you're wondering why a 24 year old guy was playing Sega Genesis at the age of six, when everyone else was playing PlayStation 1 and 2 is because we live in a country <laughs> that <laughs> didn't exactly have access to Nintendo 64 and, yeah. you know, Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> we had Sega Genesis and that's yeah. all we had. And the, the jump from Sega Genesis, because before that, before the jump to PC and PlayStation 2, and one, the country was really isolated because of the war and everything. But yeah. then from 16-bit graphics, we jumped to GTA 3. It was like a... <laughs> yeah, it was like going through it, a wormhole yeah. and landing in another time. I mean, for me, it was because I was always a PC gamer. I mean, I never had a console. I had a Wii. Oh. When it came out. And Interesting. Yeah, I had a V. I, I still have it, I think. And, uh, but I've always been a PC gamer, so. I mean. Yeah, I'm, but let's not derail PC again. Like, race. <laughs> yeah, but let's just contain ourselves okay, and not yeah. derail as much as we did in the past. Yeah. So, not in the past, head. in the only previous episode <laughs> for the time yeah. being. Yeah, let's talk about Cophead. Uh, okay, so to start, this game is extremely hard. It does not in any way give you room to be even slightly I mean, bad. Before we get there, just introduce it a bit too. Like it's a platformer and it's a... Yeah, it's a run-and-gun platformer game that... And the art style is one of the greatest things <coughs> in this game. Yeah, uh, it's a 30s game. animation. Yeah, yeah, it, it's you. It's like you're watching early Walt Disney, and you know. yeah, um, there's actually um, there's this guy. I I have a ability to butcher names. I try to say it correctly. Max Flesher, I guess. He's the guy. Um, who, yeah, Max know, Flesher. So yeah. You're free yeah. to. He's the guy who created butcher. like uh, Popeyes and uh, like Superman. Yeah. Uh, Those early Superman animated shorts. He was one exactly. of the most influential guys in animation history. And that guy was a part of this game. <laughs> no, that, that he was the influence. No. Actually, he's like... Dude, ah. he died like in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Because if that was the case, it would be like mind blown. <laughs> yeah, and actually... No, I feel like Joe Rogan just so out of the picture sometimes. Okay, go on. <laughs> he, his studio name was... Uh, Inks, Inkville, Inkville, something like that. Uh, out of Inkville, and that's like the the location of the cuphead is like Inkville Isle or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they have yeah, yeah. lots of references, like from his characters and his job, like what he did in the yeah. in his time. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, if you ask me, I say two characters that are very the style of very prominent in Cuphead are Felix the Cat. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. <laughs> if you've seen them. And yeah. Yeah. the early Walt Disney um, animations like Skeleton Dance and not the Mickey Mouse ones, yeah. the uh, experimental can, ones. Exactly when I was playing Sega Genesis, we had VHS, you know, VCRs. 
And I have a few VHS, oh, yeah. VHSs <laughs> yeah, that, you know, had uh, collections of really, really old cartoons, 40s, yeah. you know, 50s. I mean, weird oh. cartoons. And, and by then, we were used to much more modern cartoons, but I grew up watching a lot of old school cartoons too. Which is a good thing. I'm happy I did. Yeah. So that this game struck a chord deep in my heart. I mean, the old cartoons, there was this thing that Futurama also made fun of. They didn't have still characters. Characters wouldn't stand still because one of the (laughs) important parts is that you need to convey movement. So they realized in order to do that, the character should always be moving in some way. <laughs> and in Cuphead, yeah. even if you stand still, the characters move their yeah. shoulders. It's like a loop. Yeah, they're just kind of dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And the music is from, you know, the 50s and 40s, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Everything about mm-hmm. this game is beautiful. Yeah. And the voice quality, I mean... Before every boss fight, there's this uh, announcement like, let the show begin, or like, this battle is sure to get heated. It's just yeah, amazing. The 40s an- announcer, guys. The Allies yeah. have killed Hitler. Yeah, and the quality is exactly on par with yeah. what we yeah. had those days. And they also, um, they've recorded all of those music live, like... Uh, they had a composer and it's funny at first they told the guy we need eight music like we're gonna have eight buses and then after a while they said okay so it's gonna be around 50 buses and we need tracks for them so <laughs> the guy was just like okay <laughs> and he was keep making music. okay <laughs> i mean there are many fingers shown that day <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. the story of Cuphead is like, he say, don't deal with the devil. Like, that's the <laughs> slogan of the game. So there are these two <laughs> yeah. characters. the Naive idiots. Yeah, the red guy is Cuphead and then the blue guy, Mugman. These two make a deal with the devil and then they say, like, they're gonna steal a bunch of souls, like, from all the bosses so they can repay the guy yeah and uh, the game has two two difficulty levels simple regular for the beginning and i didn't manage to finish the game yet because i haven't beaten uh all the bosses on uh, the regular difficulty level because if you uh, beat the bosses on simple difficulty you you can progress but at the very end of the game to beat the boss to beat the final boss it says you need all the souls all the contracts and you get the contracts when you finish uh, the boss levels on regular difficulty and when you end it there's a hard and the regular difficulty (laughs) yeah actually adds if each difficulty adds a few stages it's like when you play it on, on the new difficulty the game becomes more it's interesting in that way and to not you know derail but it's just so good that they didn't do that like pay us for a dlc in order to give you like a new difficulty (laughs) (laughs) 
I think even EA wouldn't do that. That's too low. That's that's too low. Wanna bet so wanna far. Bet. <laughs> We're gonna get there, but not yet. Bethesda. We're not there <laughs> yet. Look at the <laughs> And still, Cuphead. Again, I played it single player. I played it alone. Which yeah. Which meant it's if I lost, I couldn't yell at the other guy that you made us lose. I have well, to I didn't do that. Uh, me and my sister, we would just laugh our asses off in 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 a level that we lost for like forty minutes. The more we lost, the more we laughed. <laughs> and it's, at some point, we were literally rolling on the floor. They're like, "What the fuck are we even doing?" And when we do get angry, I mean, I mean, when we did get angry at some. There's this boss uh, the, in the candy part of the game. I don't know the names, of course. I'm not good with the names. But it has like three phases on the simple mode. And there's just like different sweets and, you know, pastries. And it was a really difficult level. And I started insulting the characters with, you know, colorful names. And the insulting itself had become extremely you know comedic and we were laughing at the things i had to yeah to, you know use to just channel my anger <laughs> yeah so i think when you're playing it with another person you might think it'll get dirty but actually it relieves you of a lot of the stress but when you're playing I, it single know, player you blame yourself more you're like oh my god fuck this game how is this yeah, even possible yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck this game. <laughs> I mean, I played it for 30 minutes and I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't uh, uninstall I didn't uninstall it because I thought it was a bad game. I uninstalled yeah. it because I wanted to beat it so bad <laughs> and I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't go past level two. Yeah, there's there's actually uh, there's this funny video uh, before the game came out. They uh, invited a bunch of like uh, media, like um, gaming journalists, to play the game. And uh, there is this part in the training that you have to like jump off a platform and then do a dash to reach the next part. And then there is one of these famous journalists like. <laughs> stuck on that part like for 10 minutes you cannot pass even the, the tutorial to <laughs> play the actual game yes <laughs> damn yeah but you know uh, there was this other game that i had actually played with sohail uh and it's called super meat boy is it or just meat boy yeah, super meat boy oh, uh, me, super meat boy I yeah that, that one game too. i can attest to the difficulty of that game and that game does make you furious i mean unlike uh cuphead that threw gorgeous and childish graphics and beautiful voices uh, you know helps you ease off a little (laughs) super meat boy bloody graphics extremely hard and this game just does not have any mercy it does not have mercy on your soul (laughs) it just it butchers yeah, you. Yeah. And <laughs> I think yeah. there are differences because, uh, like, Cophead, when you die, there is a still, like, you have a few lives and then, like, you play for a bit. But in Super Meteor, yeah. in one minute, you see you die five times. And then you just, your blood splashes through yeah. the level. Like, after half an hour, if you're stuck, <laughs> yeah. the whole level is, like, red. Like, just you died every single... Yeah. Painted red. <laughs> yeah. 
And the thing yeah, about it's, Super, it's zero I don't tolerance. Think Super Meat Boy is a fair game. It was designed to be annoying and frustrating. <laughs> Uh, well, this is the was that. this is the thing about um, side scroller games. They're really hard. They're extremely hard to yeah. learn, and even harder to master. But they're not unfair. I mean, when you when I started Cuphead, I was stuck at the first boss, the carrot thing, and I oh, was God. like, "How is this game gonna get even harder than this?" And then. Two days later, I was at the final boss. And when I went back to the first levels that I couldn't, you know, finish on simple level, <laughs> I was doing them on the regular difficulty much easier. And I was like, this shows that I have, you know, uh, my skill has improved a lot. Yeah. And it's this is one of the things that I love about hard games. Because when you finish a really difficult level in this game i really get excited and happy i just, i feel proud of myself and this is something you rarely get these days from other video games i mean when you're playing call of duty when you're playing gta uh, you know yeah. the witcher they're all great games but there's no sense of pride when you finish it you're just enjoying the whole flow of the gameplay but in games like this when you beat it you're like oh my god uh, there should be a medal given yeah. to me and on general games got easier like there are difficult games like there's yeah. Souls series and like anything that guy makes makes like they're all difficult but yeah, Miyazaki, yeah. but yeah um... do not get me started <laughs> on the soul yeah, series but the games because... got easier over the time like even the original super mario if someone plays it right now it's not an easy game like you don't remember it but if you actually play it yeah. you see like the controls are actually frustrating like you die a lot of times maybe even on the first level yeah games used to be really hard and we did not have saves or checkpoints it was just sometimes they were nice enough to give us some codes that we could use as yeah. saves because those things did not have uh, you know, readable, read and writable drives. So it was read only drives and no ability to save a game. So, yeah. I mean, to... I might be wrong, but isn't Zelda one of the first games that actually had a save? I'm not sure about the history of saving. I don't know. <laughs> Which is a shame uh, since I'm an <laughs> avid yeah. gamer. Yeah, but I don't know. You should, you should but anyhow, stuff. <laughs> we have checkpoints every like two minutes these days in video games, and basically you can't lose. I mean, a few years ago, I finished GTA 3 on my PS4, the HD uh, version of it, and it was agony. It was really hard. I mean, first of all, the game mechanics they just don't work anymore. But generally, when you fail the mission, you would respawn at a hospital and even not even a taxi would come to pick you up you had to go all the way to the starting of the mission and do it all over again and uh, it wasn't like 50 years ago it was only uh less than 20 years ago it's not that much it's not that long ago and we have the thing you know, is, we've become uh, weird the thing is, creatures how many people uh play GTA 5 because it's easier to play. Yeah, it's not about that. I'm just saying that 
the threshold for the difficulty of games has been getting lowered and lowered every single year and people i mean old school gamers uh really really can take shit from a game and we don't get bothered by it i mean when i see non-gamers watch me play a game after like five times that i fail they're like why do you keep doing this this is boring or this is crazy and i'm like this is gaming you fail so many times until you win (laughs) and this believe it or not actually changes your personality in real life sometimes i mean i rarely get agitated or extremely furious when i (laughs) fail to do something in real life i just keep doing it in some ways it builds your character believe it or not i i do believe it but the thing is (laughs) i don't play games yeah i mean if you did in a way playing video games especially in the old days is like being uh hired by stanley kubrick to play a part in a movie it just asks you to play it so many times that you either have to kill yourself or just (laughs) learn to live with this situation (laughs) so well my favorite game is skyrim i think that should set your expectations that's not an easy game but um it's a different type of game like okay yeah. so i i think um i know it's not a very yeah. um, maybe like very tactical like uh, we don't talk about the development but i guess this game like it deserves it to talk a little bit about how they build it because the technical yeah. aspects um okay so the studio is actually like the creators are two brothers um, chad and jared and they like the studio is mostly their family and they actually to be able to finish the game both of them uh we mortgaged their houses to be able to pay for the game like for the development yeah and uh (laughs) yeah it took seven years to finish like they're supposed to uh, release it in 2014 but they delayed it so many times and then it actually released in 2017 and it's one of those games that like you're glad that they actually delayed it. And uh, what yeah. took them so long that is like the interesting part is, in my opinion, is that every single uh, animation is hand drawn. So like they first did it with uh, softwares, and then they were like, "No, nah, it doesn't look like the '30s." Like they say, if we're gonna I... make it look like the '30s, we have to do it like how they those guys did it, and then. Like each movement of Cuphead for every second, there are like 24 drawings and uh, like do it for all of the uh, bosses and all of the like objects in the game. And uh, the backgrounds, like they did actual paintings, uh, like with watercolor or whatever that was the technique back in the day. And then they just put the picture in the background and then like, there is even one of one level that the background is actually a 3D like statue, like uh, the level yeah, in the Egypt. The... I guess it's in the Egypt. Like there is this genie yeah. that you have to fight. Yeah, yeah. That's and like they just record that object and then <laughs> put it in the background, like exactly how those guys in the past did it. And 
the development was more like making a animation in 30s than Ooh. actually making a game because <laughs> that was the challenging part for them not actually doing the game yeah wow yeah, so they draw everything by hand i didn't know this and then scan well, everything and then paint know. it with computers like that's the only part they do digitally to paint them and then animate them like you have um what they call them the spread uh, I, I forgot the name like every frame is uh, next to each other like 24 of them and then you have one one second uh yeah wow and and they've done tremendous <laughs> job of the mechanics and the whole gameplay of the yeah they did thing really is amazing great, yeah. and the um yeah the funny thing is uh how most of them are related to each other like even the composer he's like the old friend of the guys who created the game so like they they're doing it as a friend like you know that after seven years and like when there's no money if they're like just your employee like they you just hired them <laughs> they're gonna leave the team but they were just like family and friends yeah. Like so, yeah we're gonna do it and then <laughs> it yeah. came out eventually <laughs> Yeah, you, you, and the, you the, the game later. did great. I would like, have personally torn my employer apart <laughs> if he told me to go from eight soundtracks to fifty. Yeah. But the game did great. Like they sold a million copies, I guess, <laughs> in the first months or something. And then they just keep selling, and it's mm, definitely they yeah, deserve it's it. Not even available on the PlayStation. At, I don't know if it's uh, now or yeah, if it's, it's not even now. No, it's still yeah. not on PlayStation. It's on Switch, but not on yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, because it was one of those games that uh, came with the Xbox in the Which platform. Which is weird. Like, ID Xbox, I guess the name is. Well, I didn't. I, I mean, it's a success story. It's an underdog story. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And I'm one blown more away. Interesting and thing. Kudos to those guys. Uh, one more on. interesting thing about uh, these guys, they actually won uh, three like three Guinness World Records. Uh, one of them is for the most hand-drawn um, frames oh. in a, any game ever. And then uh, they won one for the most bosses in a um, shoot-and-run, which like Contra was the old uh, like record holder yeah. and then also the most um boss transformations like you see lots of these bosses they have multiple phases like <laughs> yeah they have yeah like three or four phases each yeah. boss and <laughs> it's wow. really funny yep huh? and um there are so many um references to lots of different things in the actual bosses like there's this one boss which i really like it's in the last stage so maybe i don't think ali reached there but uh it's uh this robot uh, Robot, dr calls robot something like that it's one of the in the third island Mm -hmm. and it's a mix up between like it looks like Bender. It looks like the uh, Iron Giant. <laughs> it looks like the robot from yeah, the exactly. Wizard of the Oz. And then when the Doctor itself came out, it likes looks like the Bowser, the, 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 
vehicle that he sits in. It looks like that bow that uh, Bowser moves in, like uh, in the Mario games. There yeah. are so many things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I picked a few <laughs> one of those myself. I was like, this genius. You know, yeah, design. and then there is that, uh, there is this mermaid boss, which looks like Betty Boop a lot. <laughs> and it's obviously they referenced it. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Plenty of references to new and old things. Yeah. I mean, why not? You're effectively doing a postmodernist thing. You are taking a style from more than a, no, not more, less than a century ago, but 80 yeah. years ago, and bringing it, mixing it with a medium that is very yeah. modern video game, which if you consider video games art, which I do, it's even younger than cinema, and cinema no. isn't that yeah. old either. Very young medium. And yeah, it's, it's a mixture of both, and you... And they've done an excellent job of that. I mean, it's one of those things. You have a certain vision and you do anything in your power to reach it. Passion, true passion project. It's just, and not passion project in the negative sense. It, in every possible positive sense of the word. I mean, one of the things also is that a lot of people have passion or they have an idea but they don't have the determination or to be honest they are too lazy to go with it 100 percent yeah i i just wanted to say yeah something uh it's not even (laughs) maybe not related directly i was very curious to know uh why they use that character like where that thing came from like the cophead is like weird character why do you have something like that (laughs) And yeah. uh, there was this one website saying that they got it from an old Japanese uh, animation. And it's called, it, the name is Evil Mickey Attacks Japan. And it's like a pre-World War II propaganda animation. And like one of the characters actually looks like uh, the cophead. So maybe that's the, <laughs> the reference because it's like, it's also in the 30s. But that animation is very funny. Like, wow. search it on YouTube. And there's this giant Mickey Mouse, and like he attacks Japan, and like there's armies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Japan, never change, Japan. We need you <laughs> in our lives. Okay, so this was great. This was a great talk, and we learned a lot from Soil. Actually, I personally did. And uh, I have to check out what was the first video game that employed a saving <laughs> mechanism. Yeah. That was an interesting thing that was brought up. So check out Cophead and you know respect and credit to OG Passion Projects duo. And hope you enjoyed this and hopefully we will see you again. You will hear us again and we will talk to you again in the next week. So take care and goodbye. goodbye. uh, It was great talking to you. Hope to see all of you later. Peace. Peace.